get it. I've been there. I feel awful stopping class and asking a question. But the feeling is almost worse when you go week by week by week. And you realize what you should have asked a question on was really foundational and now you're behind. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. And his clothes became radiant, intensely white, as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses. And they were talking with Jesus. And Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. For he did not know what to say, for they were terrified. And a cloud overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud, This is my beloved son. Listen to him. And suddenly, looking around, they no longer saw anyone with them but Jesus only. That's Mark 9, 2 through 8. Welcome to Biblical Anatomy. Excited that you're here. It's a beautiful time of day as the workday concludes and I record this podcast. I uh, can't think of a better verse for today uh, or set of verses than these. Now, the Transfiguration, which is my favorite set of verses in the Bible, um, it, it occurs in Matthew as well. And... Actually, in discipleship conditioning, we're getting ready to cover that as we approach Matthew 17. For those of you that don't know, discipleship conditioning is our Wednesday podcast where we do Bible studies one chapter uh, each week. But as we talk about diffusion here in biblical anatomy, although transfiguration can't compare to the, the act of diffusing, it's certainly remarkable to think about the awe-inspiring nature of God. Um, here in a moment, as we kind of talk about a story, I'm going to talk about that very process for us as human beings, as our spirit leaves our body, and just the unknowns that we have that are so fascinating. Again, want to welcome you and remind you all that we are starting an academy. This launches in January. It's called Biblical Anatomy Academy, named directly after the podcast podcast is directly named after it. Either way you look at it. We're looking to enroll 10 to 20 students. And uh, if this podcast has been helpful for you, we know it's hitting the target demographic of 18 to 24 years old primarily. Uh, But if this is answering problems for you and you'd like to know more, please visit Biblical Anatomy Academy. But more important than that, uh, we ask for your prayers. Your prayers that this would be Um, a success in how God defines success, a success in service to others, not any monetary attachment or anything like that, but in service to others so that people can genuinely learn anatomy and physiology the correct way. And that's what we set out to do. And that's the most important thing to us 
because we thoroughly believe that it is God's calling on our lives to do so. So we're really excited that you're here. We ask for that prayer. And we also ask that if you have prayer requests to email us at prayers at biblicalanatomyacademy.com. Any of these emails or links that I mentioned throughout each episode will also be in the show notes. So don't worry about writing stuff down. Um, You'll find it there. So we ask for your prayers there, both for us and prayers that you have in your life. The benefit today is we're discussing an immensely important and absolutely critical topic known as diffusion. Uh, The influence of understanding that is cannot be understated towards your success in anatomy and physiology in any of the anatomical sciences. Furthermore, if you're going into the medical field or exercise science or anything like that, and you don't grasp diffusion, there are so many things down the road that are going to be almost insurmountable. So we'll spend today walking through that process to make sure that you understand it correctly. Once you understand it, it's a pretty simple process, but it is critical and it is foundational to your success. As a reminder, our mission at Biblical Anatomy Academy is to equip Christian homeschool gap year and college students with the understanding that their anatomy is biblical by connecting science with scripture so they can better understand God's divine handiwork in their lives. Story really isn't a story at all because it hasn't happened. It's foreshadowing, and it's how I hope foreshadowing goes in my specific instance as well as yours. As we talk about diffusion and we all reach a point where our spirit leaves our body at the end of our lives, and based on the faith that we have, we'll determine where our resting place is for that spirit. But if you think of diffusion as an area of high concentration to an area of low concentration, as we're going to describe here shortly, it's kind of interesting to think this world that we live in. It's a high concentration of sin, right? And we have a low concentration of sin, a zero concentration of sin in heaven. It's kind of a cool thought to think of our spirits finally escaping that tumultuous environment of the world from an area of high concentration to an area of low concentration. But that does require effort on our part, doesn't it? It requires that we ensure that we're not contributing to the sin of the world, that we're not living by the ways of this world, that we're living by the ways of our Father as commanded in the Bible. So let's get into our lecture. We'll start with diffusion, of course. That is the main topic. And as I just mentioned, it operates under a idea of high to low. Okay. So before we can talk too much about that high and low, we need to define a couple terms. And the first two terms are solutes and solvent. Okay. So a solute is something that dissolves in a solvent. And what you get out of that mixture is a solution. So I'll give you a super easy example, salt water. Okay. So the salt would be your solute. The water would be your solvent. Together, they form a solution. Okay. In your body, that major aqueous water-based environment is your blood. And all the little things that are in your blood are solutes that are dissolved to form this very fancy, for lack of a better word, uh, uh, solution that you have in your body. So now that we have the understanding of what a solute is, 
what a solvent is and what a solution is, we can say that diffusion is the movement of a solute in a solution from an area of high concentration to an area of low concentration. I'll give you an example with no membrane and then we'll add a membrane to that. So an example with no membrane, I have here before me some, some mushroom coffee. Take a sip of that real quick. And in that I taste honey because I mix honey into it. And in that honey, of course, it has to be agitated for effects that are proximal or closer to immediate. But even if it wasn't agitated or sugar was used instead of honey and it's left in the form of a sugar cube at the bottom of your tea or your coffee or whatever, you give that enough time and it is going to completely diffuse. The cube, the sugar cube, would be the area of high concentration. Obviously, a lot of sugar in that cube. All the surrounding solvent, the water, the tea, the coffee, is going to be an area of low concentration, respectively, to the cube. So as time goes on, more of the sugar cube is going to be encouraged to dissolve and spread the concentration of the product outward. Now, when you have a heavier substance, sometimes it'll settle at the bottom. Sometimes it needs agitated, but provided that enough time is given to where full diffusion occurs and everything breaks into small enough particles, there will be an even distribution of whatever that is, sugar or honey, throughout the entire solution. So we're going from an area of high concentration to low concentration. That's how it works in a non-membrane environment. Okay. Let's talk about your cells. So we'll talk about a cell. Cell has a membrane, right? A phospholipid bilayer. We've talked about that before. In phospholipid bilayers, you have channels, you have pumps, you have a bunch of different pathageways uh, that you can enter or exit the cell. Many of these solutes that we refer to are so small that they passively move in and out, okay? If it's water, they're through aquaporins. Others are through channels. You have sodium potassium pumps. Now pumps are a little bit differently. That requires adenosine triphosphate and they actually work in opposition of diffusion. But we'll get to that in a little bit, perhaps another episode. But to keep things simple with diffusion, you have intracellular and extracellular. And so let's say the concentration of sodium, for example, is high extracellularly and low intracellularly. So there's going to be a natural, natural phenomenon of diffusion for that sodium to want to work its way inward. And provided the membrane accommodates with passive diffusion, meaning it doesn't require any energy, that sodium will move into the cell. And it will stop when it's reached equilibrium when the sodium content is the same intracellularly compared to extracellularly, okay? So the action is completely the same as it would be in the tea or the coffee, but you have to go through a membrane. So it all depends on whether the membrane accommodates that task or not. If it doesn't accommodate that task, there's a reason for it. For instance, 
In the nervous system, we have a plethora of sodium potassium pumps because we actually want extracellular fluid to have more sodium content than intracellular fluid. And then we can utilize sodium rushing in to our advantage to create what we call depolarization or action potential. In layman's terms, it would be known as a nerve impulse. And we'll talk about that when we get to the nervous system many moons later. So recognize what diffusion is, recognize what it wants to do, moving from high concentration to low concentration, and then recognize that we have membranes in place to either promote that or hinder that based on the need of the cell. We also have another term called osmosis that plays a role with diffusion. Now, osmosis is opposite. It's related to water, and it moves from an area of low concentration to an area of high concentration. Now, this is confusing right after you just learned that diffusion is high concentration to low concentration. But this is water. This is the solvent, right? Not the solute. So the rules are opposite. The reason being, imagine if you would, you had one big beaker in front of you, and in the middle of that beaker, you have a membrane, okay? That membrane, we're going to say, is permeable to allow for diffusion occur. Let's say on the left side of that membrane, you have a high concentration of sodium, and then on the right side of the membrane, you have a low concentration. So obviously, sodium is going to move from left to right in that example. Well, as sodium moves, it actually increases the water level, right? It would increase the water level on the right-hand side because you've added something to that water level. So what occurs in opposition? Well, water, H2O, will move from right to left in this example to make those water levels mirror each other, okay? So when you have the exchange of a, solve, uh, a solute, one direction, that alters your total volume, and so then you'll have movement of water in the opposite direction. Now, you could say osmosis still does move from an area of high concentration to low concentration in terms of water uh, levels, but that gets fuzzy at best quickly. So it's better to think of it not defined based on the water content. It's better to think of it defined on the solute content. That's clear as day. There's no fuzziness to that at all. And so osmosis, therefore, goes from an area of low concentration to an area of high concentration and generally pairs with diffusion. So they work in opposition to make sure that true equilibrium is reached. We then have filtration. Filtration utilizes an anatomical structure. Um, don't worry about the complex term that I'm about to mention here, but in the renal system, we use something called the glomerulus. All it is is an anatomical structure. Specifically, it's an arterial, which is a small artery, and it is manipulated in a way that it acts as a capillary to filter, basically doing the same thing that an oil filter would be doing in an engine, okay? We're trying to separate different solutes from the, from the solvent, from the total solution. And so these are size-based things. The filter either has uh, large or small fenestrations. Fenestration is just an opening that things are allowed to go through. And so we filter a certain segment of the solution, in this case, as we're talking about the kidneys, we would be referring to blood plasma, okay? 
Now that one can get complicated in a hurry, but we're gonna talk about that extensively when we get to the renal system, which will also be in many moons, but we will cover that when we get to that point in time. Now I say nervous system and renal system are gonna be in many moons, um, not if you request, okay? So email, if you'd like to see one of those topics discussed sooner, I'm happy to skip things and move things forward in the list. Right now I'm sort of going in order to generally how an anatomy and physiology class is structured. But as we did with metabolism prior and we started talking some nutrition, as we have topics that are put in, we'll sort of delay that normal trajectory and we'll go ahead and put in that topic. So if you wanna talk about the nervous system next week, we certainly can. If you wanna talk about the renal system, we can talk about that as well. By the way, renal system means the same thing as urinary system. There are a number of analogous terms that uh, I will discuss in the near future in another episode uh, that are a stumbling block, which is why we'd want to talk about them to make sure that we don't stumble on them. Next two points that we'll wrap up with are hydrostatic pressure and osmotic pressure. And what I'm doing here is foreshadowing and proving why diffusion and osmosis are so vital for us to understand. Hydrostatic pressure and osmotic pressure come up in the cardiovascular system. But if you don't understand diffusion, you won't understand either of the topics. Hydrostatic pressure, translated, hydro means water, static means in place, and then pressure is obviously pressure. What, what it's saying is that the water volume in blood in this case, pressing against a permeable surface is applying a pressure. Well, we measure that pressure in millimeters of mercury, blood pressure, right? You put a blood pressure cuff on and you should get somewhere around 120 over 80, which is normal, what we quantify as normal. That pressure will maintain that 120 over 80 rating until there is a permeable surface, which would be the capillaries. Once we get to the capillaries, because they're permeable and they allow fluid to escape, you see that pressure number decrease. And you see the movement of plasma from an area of high concentration to low concentration because there is that permeable nature. That's important to note as we kind of go back a little bit. We've mentioned permeable membranes for cells. Again, if it's not permeable, you can still have an area of high concentration to low concentration, but not have diffusion occur like in the instance of the neuron that we mentioned earlier. So that's hydrostatic pressure. In opposition of hydrostatic pressure would be the movement back where there's an attraction. Now I've never really enjoyed that they call it osmotic pressure. It's kind of a misnomer. It really should be called osmotic attraction because it's not a physical force that is applying pressure on anything. It is an attraction basically of solutes that are left in blood chemically attracting solutes that are outside of blood, sort of a positive-negative relationship that draws fluid back within. And it's actually a really efficient system. It brings about 90% of the total fluid volume back in. But again, if we don't understand diffusion, we're going to have a really difficult time sort of biting off a piece of the pie known as hydrostatic pressure or osmotic pressure. And so we, we need to get that concept through, okay? So we will talk about hydrostatic pressure and osmotic pressure when we get to the cardiovascular system. I've now foreshadowed on three different systems that we'll talk about in the future. But replay this as much as you need to make sure you understand diffusion. Reach out if you don't, and I can provide further elaboration. And 
I'm certainly not opposed to having another podcast on diffusion because it really is that vital in making sure we understand it. It's a critical component to our progression as students in anatomy and physiology. And trust me, as a student, a lifelong student myself, I get it. And I really understand the frustration of feeling like a topic has passed you by and being maybe not as vocal as I should in standing up and saying, hey, sorry, before we move on, I'd really like to discuss this further. Now, in a traditional lecture hall, you are kind of allotted a certain amount of time. And many of us that are a little on the shy side or the introverted side don't want to hold class up. Here, we have a synchronous and asynchronous format to our classes and someone, myself, who's made themselves readily available to you. And so there's really no stopping the train or holding things up. I want to make sure that your questions are answered. Even if you're listening to this podcast in three years, reach out to the email. It'll still be active. We'll keep everything the same to keep it consistent over time. Uh, If you find this video on social media, you can reach out in that form as well. Email is, I'm going to be honest with you, email is the fastest means of communication to get a hold of us. Um, So that's what I would encourage. But there are many ways that you can get a hold of us. My point, my emphasis is really, I get it. I've been there. I feel awful stopping class and asking a question. But the feeling is almost worse when you go week by week by week. And you realize what you should have asked a question on was really foundational and now you're behind. And if I'm being completely honest with you, I've gone through entire classes that way where I had my light bulb moments in the next semester's version of the class or the semester after that. And I was thankful I had the light bulb moment, but I also was like, man, life would have been a lot easier had I just raised my hand in that instance. So please, I urge you, I am, I encourage you to reach out if you have those types of questions. So that's Diffusion. As a reminder, we are self-sponsored, biblicalanatomyacademy.com. If you reach out through biblicalanatomy.com, we should have everything pointed to where you'll, you'll arrive at the same place. Uh, I know people have a tendency to Google things these days. So if you type in Biblical Anatomy Academy in Google rather than through the URL, you'll still arrive at the same place. The top two links are us. One is specifically our academy, and the other is our main homepage or landing page. But if you're looking for classes, either one gets you in the right spot. Both of them are us. You can tell with our logo and uh, and the way we've written things, things of that nature. We do appreciate your support. You can support us by attending one of our courses. You can support us by reviewing the podcast. You can support us by referring the podcast, but more than anything else, as I mentioned in the beginning of the show, you can support us with your prayers. We appreciate them. Take home message for today is that diffusion is critical to the advancement in the anatomical sciences. It is the foundation of numerous processes through the body. It really is. It really is something that you need to make sure you have down today. And if you don't have it done today, replay the episode, do it as many times as you need. That's the beauty of technology, the pause, rewind, all that stuff. And if you still don't have it down, reach out and I'll walk you through it. Not a problem. And as we always do, let's please conclude with the Lord's prayer. Pray then like this, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done 
on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Amen.